What's happening, everybody out there with me in your ear holes or watching me on a computer screen, scrolling on your phone, looking at your computer, because you're trying to find the answer to the question, how do you buy a home? Well, in today's immediate gratification world, you're going to easily find some of the answers instantaneously right at your fingertips. When it comes to buying a home, there's lots of quick lists and tips right at the click of a button or a tap of a screen. So let's talk about it. What is happening, my how to buy a homies? I am still David Sedoni, and I'm here to help you crush the confusion and gain confidence in the home buying process. Knowledge is power, and education, it's everything. And the goal is to help empower you. So, with the flick of a finger, you can find a top three, top five, or top 10 list anywhere all over the internet of things that you should always or never ever do when you're buying your first home. And I recommend that you educate yourself far beyond those lists. Do you know that when it comes to researching and buying a home, especially first-time home buyers researching, those simple top three, five, or 10 lists, do you know that they are the top most viewed and searched and read sites on Google? And they're at the top videos if you're watching me on YouTube, or if you're looking for those lists on YouTube, you're going to find those at the very, very top of your search. I implore everyone out there to dive deeper than just a generic one-size-fits-all list for the biggest financial decision of your life. Simply put, these lists, well, most of the time they're made to sell you something. They want to get clicks. They want to get views. That's what they want. Views, clicks, subscribers. That's a means to an end. The bottom line is they work. They're at the top of the searches. I've already figured out these things work. So today we're going to help you make sure that you're getting the information that you want not what they want, not just the answers to the headline that gets the most clicks. So let's dive right in. How do you buy a home? Who knows, right? Oh yeah, I'm supposed to. That's the name of my podcast. Here's the real top five things that every first time home buyer has to know. Love those headlines. Number one, top five list is not going to tell you everything or even the most important thing for you. How can it? The list was made just for everybody. No one's asked you any questions. And your situation is miles different from everyone else's. And anyone who tries to put everyone in the same box for the largest financial decision and the largest personal decision of anyone's life, I'm sorry, but that list is a sham. It's a fraud. It's uneducated. Or it's really, really trying to get you to click on their link so they can capture you. My favorite marketing word. They want to capture you and get you to do business with them later. That's a them thing, not a you thing, which leads me to number two on my list. Understand your goals, your goals, not the realtors, not the lenders or anyone else, your goals. This is hard when it comes to buying a house because your goals are different than buying anything else in your world because you're mixing your financial world and your personal world. It's a very, very delicate balance. First, you have to understand the math of renting versus buying, and then you have to believe, believe in the math. And you know, this is a big decision for you and your family, or even if your family's just a pet right now, or some plants, I don't know. It's a big decision for you in the long run. If you believe in the math and numbers, it's going to be easy for you to eventually come to the realization that you're going to have to maybe involve the C word, compromise. 
You might have to compromise a bit, but you can figure out that this is the right home for your plan, both personally and financially. And that plan is yours and it fits what? Your goals. Okay, topic number three, rethink your research. Unlike the crotchety old boomers, which by the way, once again, still not a boomer, Gen X on the mic. Unlike those guys, I don't look at the younger generations and think that you're all entitled, that you don't understand the value of hard work. I'm in actually complete admiration of the millennials and the Gen Zers and their dedication to researching everything, not just blindly accepting whatever they, they get put in front of them. Now, that has a lot to do with the fact that you can research everything in the back of your pocket. I had to go to my shelf and look at the encyclopedias. Do not make me explain what encyclopedias are again. So you're out there looking for the honest and real answers. And I learn all the time from the millennials how to do that. It's kind of cool. They show me how to dig deeper and spot the posers versus the people on the real real. I hope that everyone realizes that the amount of time understanding this how-to topic should be proportionately, oh, a billion times more than the other how-to topics that you research. Think of the magnitude of this topic compared to the other things that you research. You're really going to spend the same amount of time shopping for this item or figuring out how to do this item than you figure out how to do fill in the blank of the last thing you did on the internet. Think of the consequences, both the good and the bad, that this decision is going to have on you and your family or your pets and your plants, all inclusive here. Then consider the sources where you got that information. Who are you getting the information from? What are they trying to do? Are they trying to sell you something? And who's trying to guide you to where you want to go? And how do they know if they haven't asked you? It's all about your goals. So that was taking number three back to number two, right? Going on to topic number four on my killer list that probably is bumming a whole bunch of you out right now, but I don't care. Number four, you don't know it all and you shouldn't have to. There are a lot of first-time buyers out there that end up second-guessing their realtor and their lender and anybody else involved with the transaction because they treat buying a home like they're buying a car. They think that everyone involved is just trying to schmooze them and get this thing done, but that's not the real mind shift I'm trying to get. Some buyers think that, well, here's the deal. I've got the job, I've got money, and then they view the relationship of buying the house this way. Hello, realtor, we want a home. And just like when we bought a car, we know we can afford. So you show us the homes available at that price online, we'll pick some, and then you show us the home, and then you write the contract. Oh, and hello, Mr. Mortgage Person. Same thing for you. We have a job and we have money. So you get us a loan at the best price, and we'll let you know we picked a home with our realtor, and you get us that home. I get it. Thank you. Here we go. I get it. <laughs> I mean, that's the way that I would buy a car too. But this is a different commodity. It's not a car. Because like you, I would have done that the same way because I did all the research before I walked onto the car lot. But this is a lot different. Buying a home, there are so many different factors involved and so many different things that change, not only in your preparation, but in the actual process itself. I mean, so, so many. With the proper guidance, you're going to come to realize that maybe you have options that you didn't even realize existed. Car lots that you never knew existed. It's like that. Payment options that you've never even heard of. And negotiation tactics that you can't find on Google, but that will really help you to reach what? Say it with me. Your goals. And number five. Number five. The top tip. Understand this is a game with the rules designed specifically against first-time homebuyers. And the top tip isn't to learn the top five things to always or never do. 
when you're buying a house because saying that's the tip of the iceberg is underestimating the iceberg. So here it comes, the top tip, number five. And this actually should have been tip number one, but I wanted you to realize your goals matter most. So here it comes, the real top tip, even though it's number five. Find yourself a trusted team. They're going to help you beat the game. They exist and they love helping you beat the game because they know that it is slanted against you. And the good ones, like me, well, not saying I'm good. I just mean the good ones think it sucks and I think it sucks too. That's what I meant. So find yourself a trusted team. Now, that doesn't always mean someone who has all the time in the world for you and treats you like a bestie because they might not actually be the best expert in the area for you. They might be great to hang out with at a happy hour, but maybe not the best guide or negotiator for you in the biggest purchase you're ever going to make in your life. A trusted team is going to help you with all the other top tips. The rest of the things that didn't get mentioned on those lists that get to the top of the search engines. They're going to ask questions about you and make your specific top five, top 10, truly top 50 things that you want to do for buying your first home. The most important things that you guys worry about, not anyone else's. They're going to help you with the deep dives on the research and the market history, and they will know it all. But here's the thing about them. Maybe they'll know most of it, but to help you make sure that you're going to make an informed choice, if they don't know it, they know who to ask. Here's a little secret for you. Any good realtor can put three things that you should or should not do online. On TikTok, on Instagram, on a blog, on a YouTube video, anywhere. Do you know when I started in real estate? I've told you guys this before. When I first started, they hand me a list of 188 things that can go wrong in a real estate transaction. So yeah, any good agent can pick three always and nevers from that list. But you know who else can? Any bad realtor. There's 188 things to choose from. How hard is it to pick three? That's right. Any bad realtor or new realtor or any part-time agent. And they're not the best choice for you when you're helping to buy your home. And they're not the best choice for you and your family or your pets or your plants when you're trying to buy your first home, no matter how intriguing their clickbait was to you. A trusted guy doesn't mean that they seem cool with you, right? It doesn't mean that they vibe with you. Trusted means that they have been trusted and succeeded with other people. A lot of people think that trusting your real estate team means that they feel trustworthy to you. Actually, what it means is that the person that you're working with or the team has been trained well and they're experienced. And because they're experienced, they've worked with several other clients and those clients trust them. They've been entrusted for the biggest decision of several other people's lives. That's the true definition of a trusted team. Trusted doesn't mean you trust them. It means they are trusted. It means they have a track record helping first-time buyers and others have trusted them in the past, so you can trust them now. There are three million agents out there. I don't know why I made three so expanded, but that's how many there are. And there's only a million homes for sale right now. That's a lot of people who shouldn't be selling or helping people buy real estate. Trusted means someone who doesn't need to flex to show the world they're a pro. Their clients from years past, they flex for them. Trusted means they've been properly trained or they're working with a professional team that takes the process seriously with hands-on leadership and team efforts. Trusted means they focus on people. They are people business, not a transaction business, or even worse, a call center. <laughs> the business of real estate is broken, period. 
I'll say it and I don't care. I don't give a damn what anybody thinks because I'm confident that if enough people knew the way this really worked and the public would go all GameStop on the real estate game and crash the industry with a Reddit subthread, just like they did the stock market. I only wish that would happen. Seriously, I encourage it because you deserve better. The problem is there isn't a community of real estate enthusiasts online with the passion of the gamer community, <laughs> not ready to come all together online and take down the establishment that's deceiving them and ripping off each and every new generation of buyers that shows up. So since we can't do it instantly online like that, like the stock market coup that GameStop and Reddit took down, well, I started this little show because I realized the revolution was going to have to happen one by one just like I've been doing it locally for my clients for 16 years in Southern California. I saw the battle these people were having, and I just wished that I could help more than one of them at a time. And so here I am with the podcast. Now, if you don't understand the GameStop reference, uh, Google Games Stock Market, tough to say, but easy to Google. And you can see how the masses took down a bunch of heavy hitters, the one percenters. I'm not calling for anarchy. Well, actually, I kind of am. But what I'm really calling for in a bigger way is transparency from the real estate business. They've set the bar way too low for what they call service to the consumers. It's not about the consumers. It's not about making sure that they get the highest level of service, especially for first-time homebuyers. They're archaic, and they've been encouraging consumers to use underqualified people on a decision that is far too important. And look, I know a lot of you listening out there are those new agents or part-time agents. Yeah, I know you're out there. I know you're listening. Cool. I'm going to be honest with you and you be honest with yourself. I can tell you that in my first year, I did all the extra training I could and still I didn't have enough training to help people buy a home. I went into it expecting to get far more support, training, education, all that stuff that they told me I was going to get from a mentor. I remember being there and thinking, they can't possibly think that with the level of training that I've had, that I should be entrusted to handle all the responsibilities they're giving me. But guess what? They sure as hell did. I can tell you for sure that my weekly mentor meeting, there were 10 new agents there all asking questions to just one mentor for one hour a week. I am positive eight of them were totally lost since all they got was an hour a week to ask questions to one dude. And you know what they were told at the end of the meeting? Great. You're all going to be fine. You'll figure this out. Go out there and get some clients. And of course, it was specifically go get first-time homebuyers. Guys, the system's broken. Don't listen to lists. There's no way that I alone should have been in my first year giving the guidance to the buyers that I did. And you newbies and part-timers listening to this podcast to learn, I know you're out there. Well, you should be thinking the exact same thing. And if you don't think that, then you're the exception to the rule and you've put in the work. Congratulations. Or maybe you have a team supporting you and training you correctly. It's the exception to the rule but it can happen. And if you don't think that, even just a little bit, then you're oblivious to how important what you do actually is. And you're the reason the rules should be changed. Okay, now back to you. Because remember, I am all about the listeners and the buyers. I just want to get, once again, give you guys some insider secrets on what's going on because you deserve better and this will help you make the right choice. I want that for you. So I went rogue and decided to pull back the curtain here on my podcast. And since everyone is so into lists, you know the top five I just gave you? Guess what? I'm going to boil it down to a top three. How about that? We're going to make it real easy for you. Ready? The real top five never and always list that actually is the top three list. Here it is. Here we go. One, do your research. Two, find a trusted team to guide you. Three, 
buy a home for your specific long-term goals. Bam! I would drop the mic, but it's on an arm, so I can't do that. These lists today lead me to an addendum to a topic discussed in the last episode. I want to add this to something I talked about in episode 79. As an experienced realtor, a longtime champion, and the first-time home buyer, I get asked a lot of questions by smart people who are looking for those tricks and tips and hacks beyond the process of what we call buying a primary residence. Primary residence is just the home that you're going to live in. So after the last episode that I recorded, you know, I was talking about investment properties. So I was driving the next day in the car, heading to a home inspection, and I was listening to an entrepreneur guru, one that I've mentioned before, Gary Vee. Like everybody and everything, take what works. And if it doesn't work for you, you don't have to do it. But I found out some interesting stuff listening to him because he was asked a question and his answer was exactly how I feel when my listeners ask me for advice on topics beyond the scope of buying their first home. Deeper questions, slightly or perhaps maybe way off the topic, but usually kind of involved with how to buy a home if you're talking about buying something for your primary residence. Like for instance, buying your first home as an investment to build an empire, which I addressed in the last episode, episode 79. So I wanted to kind of bite what Gary said and twist it in the way, the reason why I talk about investing, maybe not as much as you would like, if that's the information you're here to look for. What I try to do is I try to help people the most by staying in my lane. I listen to people and I only answer the questions that I can speak to with absolute authority. Before I answer anything, first of all, I ask you what you're looking for. It's called listening. And we figure out your needs, your wants, and your questions. And if they fit in my jam, I'm going to speak to it. If you listen to the podcast regularly, you know that I'll speak to it at length. And of course, with passion and crappy jokes, so I can try to keep it entertaining. I'll get deep into the facts and the research that you want summarized. Also rely on my experience and the combination between me researching the facts and regurgitating some of that to you and using my experience from real world experience that's going to give you the clarity on the topics that I know I am very, very clear on. So again, just like Gary Vee said, I'm going to bite it because it resonated with me. It's a message for you so that you can understand exactly what you're going to get from me in the podcast, because in the end, you and your journey are what matter. That's the reason you're listening. Since he gives guidance for business and entrepreneurs, someone asked him if he had thoughts on macroeconomics, the big picture stuff, and how that might affect people. Things like oil prices, global commodities market, terrorism, politics, government regulations, China, global conflicts. As I record this, actually this morning, I just had someone ask me if they thought that the whole Russia-Ukraine war was going to affect things. Well, his answer to that question was this. He said exactly what I think when I'm giving advice on this one narrow topic for how to buy a home. He said, yeah, of course, I have opinions on macroeconomics. And sometimes I take them into account for the personal things in my life and my personal decisions, but I don't often, if ever, share my opinions on them. He reiterated, sometimes because he talks so narrowly, people think that he's cocky and he might sound cocky, but it's just because he's uber confident because he only speaks publicly about what he knows really well. Okay, whoa, that hit me. So I pulled over because I had to write some notes down. You know, I've been doing this podcast for three years and I get people asking me questions, you know, all over the map about all different places about homes. And I tell them, well, you know, I'm really just trying to help people buy their home that they want to live in. The rest of that stuff gets pretty complicated. And I don't want to be the person to give people advice on 
multiple different layers of financial aspects and have you come back to me and go, well, I never should have done that. So I wrote down these notes because I wanted to be sure that I articulated why I don't go into the details of the aspects of other aspects of real estate. And that comment made perfect sense to me. So why don't I share my opinions on broader topics in real estate like most other real estate podcasts out there? I know some people think, well, maybe you're not that bright, Sidoni. Maybe you're a one-trick pony who can't hang with the big boys. So I just talk about this, the thing that nobody else has chosen to talk about on the internet. Do I have thoughts and opinions on the other different ways that you can purchase a home and other ways that you can utilize that purchase? Sure I do. Of course I do. But until I heard Gary V say that, it made me realize, you know, yeah, he only speaks publicly about what he knows really well. And that helped me to be able to articulate to you guys that's what I'm doing too. I don't have the audacity. That's what Gary said, and I love it. I don't have the audacity to speak on things I don't know. Yeah, he's a really smart dude, and I'm pretty darn sure he could talk on a number of different topics. But that right there, by being single-focused, that's why he can help so many people do what he does. And that's why I didn't go deep into how to invest and with your primary residence. It's possible. There's a lot of math. You can do it. But my vision, it goes like this. I want to help you buy your first home. Now, do I sound confident, even cocky sometimes? Well, maybe I do because I'm staying in my lane. I know I can talk about the process of buying your first home. And it's up to other people to interpret how I sound. And it's definitely up to other people to interpret if I have a good sense of humor because the answer is just emphatically yes. I just don't speak about my dad jokes, baby. I do my best to speak from a place of an expert. And that expert is living in that single lane that I know really well. What's your topic? Think of, I mean, maybe you're not as super exciting as I am and chose to pick a topic about buying your first home, but whatever it is you do in your life, you could talk about it all day long. I got in front of the microphone because I was pissed off and I was seeing you guys get screwed and I honestly have empathy for you and I want you to get the correct information because you still can. You can beat the crooked system by getting yourself the great guidance in your own area if you know what you're looking for. I saw some of the most viewed videos when I started the podcast trying to give you guys the right guidance for buying your first home. And it was either from professionals who were talking about a multitude of real estate topics. And in one or two episodes of the many, many that they had, they drop a single nugget or two for first timers. And then I saw something even scarier. Shockingly, some of the highest viewed videos on YouTube were from someone who's a buyer just like you. Non-professional consumers who had popular vlogs and blogs all on ways to live their best life. And because they bought a home or two, their video was being viewed by other real people. Like they were talking about eating something and making a Yelp review. And so other people who were lost and confused, they decided it's so funny. It's not a Yelp review. They're telling you how to make the dish, not what the dish tastes like. And Smart people were out there researching these wannabe experts who were just home buyers, just like you, and they were cranking up the views, giving people all kinds of advice. These are just consumers, and they're no more than the people who are watching them. They've got minimal experience, and they drop their how-to-buy-home knowledge right into their blog of all things lifestyle, right between you know how to host the perfect Thanksgiving and how to properly house train your dog. I don't have the audacity to speak on multiple different topics like that. I don't spread myself so thin on the podcast that you, A, don't get specifically what you're looking for, or B, trust that I'm an actual expert on this one topic and I'm not just skimming over 50 different real estate related ideas so I can get multiple clicks and views and subs. 
I don't give tips and life hacks on financial consultation, multiple streams of income, flipping houses, buying investment homes, trusts and probate, state income taxes, 1031 deferred exchanges, commercial real estate, real estate investing, purchasing multiple properties. And in many ways, I don't even really speak in depth about things like holding title on your home or getting a home loan or credit scores. I actually ask the experts to weigh in on those topics. Now, everything I just mentioned, could I speak relatively intelligent on all those topics? You damn straight I could. But as Gary Vee said, I'm not trying to boil the ocean here. I want to speak about what I know inside and out. And does it sound like I think I know what I'm talking about? Well, I should, because I do. Imagine you're at a party. Someone asked you the thing that you've been working on for 16 years, and you know you can help them. Would you say, oh, I read an article about that once. Yeah, let me tell you about it. I heard this. Or would you say, actually, you know what? That's what I do. <laughs> of course you would. Come on. Can you talk about other related subjects at the party? Sure, you can. But my thing is, I won't expand into things that I'm not an expert, even if I'm pretty sure that I know more than, I don't know, 90% of the population because they're closely related to the thing that I do every single day. But for you guys, I choose to stay in my lane. And that's why I'm confident I can help you with the information that you need to find the best path for you, for your specific needs to help you beat the crooked system and buy a home. I know my intimate knowledge and expertise in this one specific area. It can help more people by talking directly and deeply about this topic. I'd love to get into investing in the multiple streams of income, but I'm not, it's not what I'm trying to do. I'm not going to be able to sell seminars or workshops on how to buy investment homes. And you're not going to call me to be representation on multiple different investment deals. Be nice, but that's not going to happen. I'm going one buyer at a time. You'll reach out to me for help with your one deal, the single most important deal of your life. And the goal is that we do that correctly and it sets you up for other things in your life. So that's why I stay in my lane. That's why maybe sometimes I even sound a little confident in my delivery. Why? <laughs> because I know that. Thanks for listening today. And if you're getting anything from this, share the podcast. Come on, it's all free. Rating and reviewing helps me big time, gets the word out so more people out there will hear what's going on and we can start our slow GameStop revolution to serve the people, not the industry. Find me at howtobuyahome.com. Drop me a line with your questions and don't be offended if I refer you to someone else because you're asking something beyond the scope of my expertise. Remember, not my jam. I'm not doing it. Speaking of my jam, I'm about to break the golden rule in podcasting. I actually think I heard this on, on West Wing once, if I remember. They're talking about speech writing. You never use a topical reference because the goal is that you're creating this masterpiece, this piece of art, and that information is to be used for long periods of time over history. So like I said, I'm going to stay in my lane and I'm going to stick to my jam, my unfiltered, uncensored, uncut jams. You can do this.